Hello everyone, I'm Frank Rock. Welcome to From the Hacks, Waking Up with the Briar. On today's episode, we welcome Quebec's new curling power couple, Laurie Saint-Georges and Félix Asselin, who represented their province in the Scotties and the Briar respectively, and will again represent Quebec at the upcoming Canadian Mixed Doubles Championship. Also on today's podcast is Brian Mudrick of TSN, who calls the morning draws at the Scotties and the Briar, alongside his broadcast partner, Kathy Goetze. As mentioned in the intro, Laurie Saint-Georges and Félix Asselin have become Quebec's curling power couple. Saint-Georges coming off a successful first Scotties experience where her team reached the championship pool and where Laurie was awarded the Marge Mitchell Sportsmanship Award as voted by players on all of the participating teams, while her boyfriend Asselin has been playing well in the Briar for Team Fournier, who are still in the championship pool mix with one game left in the round robin. Félix, uh, congratulations on the big win this morning against uh, Team Ontario. Uh, there's going to be some heavy lifting to do in your final game against that wildcard team, Cooey. But I'm assuming you're going into that game confident that you can not only compete with Team Cooey, but also perhaps defeat them to keep your championship pool hopes alive. Yeah, obviously this is going to be a, a tough game for us. Uh, we're going to have to play well. We know what to, what to expect from our opponents. But uh, we know we have a chance. We know that if we play our game, I don't, uh, that, we, that we have much of a chance of beating them. And uh, we have our faith in our hands still to this day. If we win that game, we're not out. It's not like we're depending on all the other games. So, yeah, we're going to go out there and we're going to have a blast like we always do. And we're going to just try to do our best and see what happens. Now, your team has had quite uh, the act to follow in the briar after Laurie and her team did so well in the Scotties. Uh, how much fun has it been for you to compete in the briar while the Canadian curling community continues to be enamored with the skill and joie de vivre that both Team St. George and Team Fournier have brought to the Calgary bubble? Yeah, seeing Laurie do well uh, last week was was awesome. Uh, obviously, we were dying to play our, our event, but just seeing them do, do well in theirs just got the fire starting in a in our minds and we knew that uh, we we knew we had a chance so uh, we we went out there and it's fun to have two Quebec teams that are doing good this year uh, it's it's been a few years so it's always great it's good for the for curling in a, in our province and we we want to keep it going forward now did the two of you even see each other between the Scotties and Briar or did you end up having to wave at each other at an airport or something no not at all we had the 3 days of uh, a hard quarantine ahead of the of the event so me and my dad stayed together, and uh, no, and I, I, I didn't see Laurie once she came back uh, from from the Scotties. The only way would maybe if she had went, she had came back early. But I wasn't, I wasn't wishing if she, that that from her to come back early. Yeah. Laurie, you and your team were one of the big stories at this year's Scotties. Uh, you've been home for about a week and a half now. Has your experience in Calgary and all the good stuff that happened for you, including winning the Marjorie Mitchell Sportsmanship Award uh, voted on by the players, have a chance to sink in yet for you? Um, yeah, it was definitely an awesome week. We had a lot of fun and we made we actually made some some great shots and we, we played some great games. Um, I think we, ha- we still have a, a lot to learn uh, because we we actually missed some some game um, because uh, of strategy and lack of experience uh, when you play against legends uh, obviously you're you're not expecting it that's going to be easy but um, yeah we we kind of lost uh, some game because of that so yeah in retrospective honestly it was a 
pretty amazing week and we had so much fun and winning that prize at the end it was just a welcome to the family right so it was uh, awesome to uh, to live that especially with uh, my team now, Laurie, I know when you first got back home, uh, you certainly made the rounds in the media doing interviews with several different uh, media outlets. Has it calmed down yet or are you still being kept busy by media requests such as being on my podcast, among other things? No, uh, I'm, I'm kind of busy, honestly. I, I'm trying to catch up with school and uh, I have uh, at least two interviews per day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice because it keeps the momentum, right? And we want to talk about curling and we we have to talk about curling in the media so um so yeah it's a it's a bit tiring sometimes because i i have to rest and i'm still uh practicing these days uh, early in the morning um but yeah i still have a lot of interviews and a lot of uh, media attentions uh but hey if if uh, it's good for curling, I mean, I can be tired uh, for for weeks. But if my it's a, if it helps my sports, uh, I mean, I'm I'm down for it. I don't mind. Felix, with all the attention that both your teams have received inside the bubble this year, do you feel a little extra pressure to try and get yourselves out there as much as you can to help grow the sport in Quebec, especially among a younger generation? Yeah, obviously, getting attention for the sport in a in a province in our provinces. Is, is the key right now. Obviously, if we can get more young players to, to enter the game because of our performances, it's, it'd be great. Um, I'm sure a lot of uh, young girls got, uh, got really excited to watch Laurie's team compete and actually do well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long process. It's, it's on the long run. But definitely, if by competing and doing, doing well, uh, it increases the, the popularity of our sport and, and in the media attention that we get in our province, that's ultimately the goal. Watching a loved one compete at the elite level is never easy, especially when you're an elite athlete yourself. Uh, Felix, how did you process Scotty's week? And uh, Laurie, how are you processing uh, watching Felix at the Briar? Yeah, so I think um, obviously it was great to watch them. It was great to have uh, a few of their games on TV. It's definitely the most stressful I got uh, throughout both events. I'm, I'm not the really stressed guy kind of kind of type and I'm 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 pretty down to earth as to my performance as to my team's performance but obviously watching them on TV was it was a ton of fun obviously and um but uh it was a little stressful but it was okay I I I dealt with it yeah I mean that's why they invented mixed doubles so that we can sort of watch and play with each other at the same time I guess uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm super proud of him. And uh, for sure, uh, he's good looking on TV. So that's a plus. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm not like, yes, it's stressful. Definitely more stressful than playing at the Scotties for myself. Um, but like this team has so much experience that I know that they know what to do and um, they know the game. Right. And they're, good shooters so i mean i have full confidence in them um so i think it's game by game like they said earlier and uh yeah i mean for sure it's it's more stressful but um i'm super proud of him and i'm actually just happy that he's playing super well in his event now, Felix, I know that the pandemic was tough for you and Laurie on a couple of fronts. Uh, not only did you not get to throw many rocks, but you were also apart quite a bit because of work, right? Yeah, actually, I, I work um, on a 
kind of a weird schedule more up, up north in Quebec uh, in the mining industry. So I work seven straight days and then I have seven days off. So I'm kind of taking part of my time and spending it in, in, in more Norton, Quebec working. And then I have the other half of my time where I can go back home in Laval where we live. So yeah, it's been, it's been tough on the practice, obviously with the COVID rules and the restrictions and whatnot, but uh, I, we're doing the best of what we can do. And I've, we've practiced as much as possible. Laura's team is, did the same they practiced she practiced a ton while she was able to before it all closed and yeah we we met as most as much as possible laura you and felix will be representing quebec at the canadian mixed doubles championship a week after the briar when are you heading back to the bubble and are you and felix going to get a couple of uh, practices together before the round robin actually starts uh, for the mixed doubles yeah so my flight is uh, monday morning and i'm well i talked to felix Uh, earlier today and we have one practice um, before the event in the bubble. For now, the Pointe Claire Curling Club actually allowed me to uh, practice early in the morning. So I'm practicing uh, almost every day from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Um, kind of early, but says que say we 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 gonna have to um, deal with what we have and uh, yeah I'm honestly I'm 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 pretty happy to be allowed to throw some rocks uh, before the event so yeah now it's just a catch up with school interview practice and try to rest a little bit before the event <laughs> but I'm super excited to actually um, join Felix in the bubble Now, Felix, is it safe to assume that they will be allowing you and some of the other men competing in the Briar to stay in the bubble because the mixed double starts just a few days after the end of the Briar? Yeah, um, obviously, I wouldn't be able to do the protocols if I ever went back. Uh, you need the hard three days quarantine before. And obviously, taking taking a flight, going into an airport is probably the, the most dangerous thing to do right now. So, yeah, I'll be staying around. And that's why I'd love to play an extra four games at the Briar, obviously. And to, to just be in the championship pool would be great. But obviously, I, I'd like to play, and I look forward to the mixed doubles as well. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a ton of fun. There'll be a lot of teams there. It's a great event. It's, it's a fun format. So I look forward to the mixed doubles as well. Speaking of mixed doubles, uh, Laurie, what is the approach that you and Felix usually take uh, to mixed doubles? Are you aggressive, or do you take a wait-and-see approach in your games? I mean, we, we didn't play... <laughs> that much mixed doubles game honestly we we actually uh, played in one spiel and then provincials um last year and we 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 won it so we we didn't play much of much of games but um i think yeah we we have an aggressive style uh but when it times to bail out uh felix is there to make beautiful run back so <laughs> i'm gonna rely on him yes it's an aggressive game but sometimes you have to bail out and uh And I think we're pretty good at it. And finally, Laurie and Felix, it has obviously been a strange year for everyone, and the return of curling has been a welcome change to many. What has participating in the Scotties and Briar meant to the two of you after several months of hardly being able to throw any rocks? Uh, curling is my passion, right? So um, as soon as I can get on the ice, well, I'm going for sure. And, yeah, it, it was just an incredible uh, opportunity to to go play in, in, uh, in, at the Scotties. And um, just just being with my girls, honestly, it was it was so nice to just see them, to talk to them, to be close to them, and to to chat with them, and just to see their smile, right? Because we were all wearing masks, 
So on the ice, uh, I can see M smile, Haley smile, Cynthia smile. And it was just awesome to, to just have a great time on the ice, make some team shots. And I think we, we actually gave a, a good show there. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun and I can't, can't wait to, uh, to go back. So a uh, finger crossed. Yeah. Being at the Briar this year kind of feels back to normal, a touch. Like obviously there's all the protocols or there's no patch. There's no, you know, we can't go away, see the other teams, but still in within our team, it's been kind of normal and it feels great to be on the ice. Uh, we were, we were dying to compete this year. We had set up the biggest schedule we had never had so far uh, gearing up for the, uh, the Olympic cycles. And uh, obviously uh, the pandemic hit and it was, you know, we hadn't had a single game with the team. So it's nice to see the boys out there. It's fun. It's competitive. Obviously even love playing against the other teams, the other elite teams. And really we're just thinking that in a way we're the six luckiest guys. And obviously Lori probably feels the same. We're sh- they're the six luckiest girls of the whole province of Quebec this year, because we're the only ones who've played. In the headline game of draw 13, wildcard team Cooey remained undefeated on Wednesday morning, defeating Saskatchewan by a score of nine to two and dropping team Dunstone to four and two in the process. After the game, Kevin Cooey was asked if his team had surpassed even his own expectations with their six and zero start. To be honest, we had high expectations. Just because we've had we had three weeks of awesome practice coming into this uh, individually and as a team, BJ came out early and we have great ice at the Glencoe, so uh, um, we were hardly missing shots for a few weeks. So uh, we thought we could just come in here and keep doing that, but it, it wasn't that easy. Uh, obviously, uh, you know we've been playing good. You know, I, I've today was the first game where i thought you know myself individually i've i've left some shots out there the other games and today was uh was a really good game for me which which is good so i mean we've had high expectations and they're definitely not going any lower now in other draw 13 action canada moved to 4 and 2 for the week with an 8 to 4 win over pei while newfoundland and labrador improved their record to 2 and 5 with a 9-2 win over a Nunavut team still looking for its first victory of the Briar. And finally in draw 13, uh, Team Quebec kept themselves in the championship pool picture at 4-3 with an impressive 10-7 win over Ontario which dropped to 4-2. After the win, skip Mike Forney of Team Quebec spoke about how bond spieling in different events over the years has taught him how to compete when his back is up against the wall. Felt really good. I mean, now uh, we're... we're... A journeyman curling squad, right? So we spent a fair amount of time in this getting a cash. So we know what games are kind of where we we are in most fields. So it felt really good. It was uh, we played a really solid game to get the win. In draw 14 action on Wednesday afternoon, Northern Ontario defeated Manitoba 3-0 in a game that tied the Briar record for the fewest points in a game by both teams. After the game, EJ Harnden of Team Northern Ontario answered a question about how the final score may have been deceiving considering the several excellent shots from both teams that were required to blank several of the ends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Beyond really the, what, maybe the first 10, not even. I mean, there was how many double peels were made, how many doubles were made. Um, and then to your point, I mean, just not even some of the hit and rolls and, and draws. I mean, Brad made a really nice draw. I think it wasn't five. He could only see basically a quarter of the rock and played a board weight uh, blank. And that's not simple. We all know that, um, those that, that know the game. And so it, it may have looked simple, but you, to Brad's point, I think both teams were very patient but both teams were making, you know, some, some really nice shots. Um, so it, it, it could have got messy a few times there. I, I just think there was some really good shot making today. 
Um, and then to your point, I mean, sometimes where it wasn't put in the exact right spot. Um, but I think the, the word for us going into this game, and, and we talked about it pregame, was patience. Because this, this team's going to battle to the very end. Um, they're going to play the game a little bit differently than, than some of the other teams. And so we literally need to just stay patient the entire game. And we did a, an awesome job because in a game like this, to your point, it becomes hard to be patient. Um, and we did a great job of that. In other draw 14 action, BC doubled up on the Northwest Territories by a score of 10 to 5, while Alberta handed wildcard team McCune their fourth loss to the Briar by a score of 9 to 3. Alberta moved to 4 and 2 and remains very much in the picture for the championship pool, while team McCune will need some other teams to drop back to them in the standings if they are to play past Thursday. And finally in draw 14, wildcard team Howard defeated New Brunswick by a score of 7-6 to move to 5-1 while New Brunswick dropped to 4-3. After the game, Wayne Bada spoke about how the team has embraced their wildcard name throughout the week and how they're enjoying playing the role of underdog. Uh, I think this team has is, is embraced the role of uh, wildcard and like I said yesterday, we're free rolling. We're playing really well. We're embracing the role of uh, wildcard and, uh, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, maybe a bit of a ship server. <laughs> um, you know what, we're not supposed to be doing well, but the boys are playing great in front of me and, uh, and giving me a lot of confidence to make shots. You know what, I don't want to pick on any of the passers I've played with, but uh, I've never had something like this in my life. So it does Thank make you. the game a lot different. <laughs> In draw 15 action at the 2021 Tim Hortons Briar, Team Canada won their third consecutive game and moved to 5-2 overall with their 11-3 win over fellow Newfoundlanders Team Smith, who finished their Briar with a record of 2-6. Nova Scotia moved to 4-3 with a 14-1 win over Nunavut. It was the fifth time that Nunavut gave up double digits in their seven Briar games, and they get Team Canada to end their Briar tomorrow afternoon. Ontario came up with a big effort on Wednesday night, handing wildcard team Cooey their first loss to the Briar by a score of 9-3. Ontario moved to 5-2, and, and wildcard team Cooey dropped to 6-1. And, and finally on Wednesday evening, Saskatchewan came back from a tough loss on Wednesday morning to defeat PEI by a score of 10-5. The win moved Saskatchewan to 5-2, while the loss dropped PEI to 1-6. And my final guest uh, today is Brian Mudrick of TSN, who calls the morning draws at the Scotties and the Briar alongside his broadcast partner, Kathy Goetze. He usually calls the playoff games at the Canadian Junior Curling Championships and, in his spare time, is the broadcast voice of the Montreal Canadiens on TSN's regional coverage of the Habs. Brian, the first question I've been asking many of my guests on the Waking Up uh, with the Briar series is, what is your go-to beverage in the morning to get your day off on the right foot? Well, it's probably too early for an oaky Chardonnay, so that's out. Uh, probably too early for, for a nice, you know, deep red. Uh, so black coffee, I'm pretty boring. Uh, all I need is a really good, uh, you know, filtered water, black coffee, and I'm, I'm off and running. That's the drink. So, Brian, it was about a year ago now, at the end of the 2020 Briar, I remember seeing you backstage right before the closing ceremonies of the Briar last year, and then basically a day or two later, our world changed. When we spoke back in April of last year, when I did one of my pandemic episodes, you shared the story of how your world and your schedule changed, like like all of ours did, in a real hurry in the days following the end of last year's Briar. You were all ready to go on a West Coast swing with the Montreal Canadiens, and then the first thing uh, you knew, uh, you were uh, headed back to Toronto to uh, basically go in lockdown like the rest of us, right? Yeah, Frank, uh, it was, it's a whirlwind. It was bizarre. Uh, I, I interviewed Brad Gushu right after the win on the ice. As soon as I literally said congratulations, I went straight to my car. I drove back to Toronto that night, uh, grabbed a coffee, and uh, hit the road. 
Uh, I was up that next morning. I flew directly to Montreal because I had a game that night. It was uh, Nashville at Montreal and, uh, you know, called the game. I remember we were going to have a road trip out west to California, Anaheim, San Jose, Los Angeles. And I remember getting a, a call from my boss who happened to be in Montreal. I hadn't seen him in a while. And we went down and had a lobby bar drink. And he's like, yeah, uh, Gary Bettman's shutting it down. We're done. I'm like, what? I just thought, you know, maybe we'd continue. No fans in the building. And it went from, you know, busy, busy, busy to nothing. Um, and then, yeah, I went, you know, back to Toronto, got on a plane. And it was like, wow, that was that was it. And it was it was interesting. A few days later, I'd say, I don't know almost a week later, uh, I got really sick and I had the shakes and I had the sweats and fever. I was really sick. I slept for about a day and a half straight, had a cough. Um, and at the time didn't think a lot about it other than a lot of time on the road and traveling. And, uh, after obviously, you know, the rest is history. You learn about coronavirus and how serious the, the pandemic was. And I paid, I got one of those antibody tests and, and I did discover that I did have COVID um you know lucky it didn't affect me really at all it was I was sick um but wow what a what what a wild year and so much loss and sadness and a lot of people going through tough times whether it's health-wise losing family members jobs I mean my goodness so I guess uh to wrap it up that your the long-winded answer is it was pretty great to get back to work it's great to call curling again and um you know, I just tweeted something out, I think, yesterday. It's, I mean, I'm just really touched and floored by, you know, people, you know, you know, people love curling. I, you know, I get it, and it's awesome. But, like, how many people this year in particular are just so blessed and lucky and so grateful to have us in their, you know, living rooms in the morning and to have it back as that distraction that maybe we all need. And, uh, and, and that really touched me, you know, because I, I struggle, right? Like, it's I'm human, and it's hard in this bubble, but it it feels good to hear that you know we are making a small little difference so to me that's that's pretty cool so you've now been in the bubble as long as anyone uh, brian what was it like when you first entered the bubble and what have you been doing to pass the time in between calling games uh you know what i i've heard that cliche a million times in sports day by day frank but that's what i'm doing you know it literally is day by day uh, i just find you can't look too far ahead because if you keep looking at how many days here and there you'll go crazy um yeah, the first few days were, you know, were interesting for sure. Um, I think you're excited because you're going to get to see people you haven't seen basically since Kingston, right? Uh, our TSN family, our curling crew. Um, so that I was looking forward to. Um, and it was great to see everybody again. Uh, Cole's notes, you know, it's basically hotel, rink, sleep, repeat. Like there's not much to tell you. Uh, we get tested every second day. Um, we are in a quarantined hotel. Um, we had to stay in our room for basically three days, uh, just couldn't leave the room um, just to make sure we were all safe and all the tests were worked out. Knock on wood, super lucky that everyone has been safe and, and you know, uh, we're rolling, right? We got through the Scotties, we're into the Briar and feeling lucky about that. Um, but yeah, it's a mental grind. But again, I remind myself how lucky I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, when I put, I tell people this and it's so true when I put the headset on or when I get to the rink and it's go time that for those hours at a time, I'm talking curling and it's awesome. And you forget about what's going on out there. So it's the best, it's the best time. I'm sure if you ask any curler once, you know, I know they got the mask and the protocols, but once they get on the ice, I guarantee you, they'd say the same thing. It feels normal and it's awesome. 
So like, like I feel, I feel like it's a, it's a code word or a Hallmark card for, for 2021. It is what it is doing my best. And that's, that's what we're doing. To be perfectly honest, uh, Brian, there were many people who thought that the uh, curling bubble would never work. Have you been surprised how smoothly it's gone so far with no COVID-related issues during the Scotties and none yet during the Briar? I'm, I'm not surprised. And that's because um, you have to tip your cap to thousands of hours of hard work from people behind the scenes and the things that you don't see. Uh, Alberta Health, working with Curling Canada, um, setting up the protocols, uh, TSN for, you know, technically having their plan to test people, keep them safe. There's a ton of work that I hope people understand went behind the scenes to make sure that this thing was was pulled off. And, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy. I get that. Even in a COVID world, you're not. But what I want to say is I cannot stress enough the sacrifices of, of, you know, the people involved doing this, the curlers. I know they love it. They get to curl every day. But you know what? They're here and, and they're putting on, they're trying to entertain us, and they are. Um, there's people that I'm working with that are going to be in this bubble over 60 days. And and that's you're in a hotel room and you're at the rink and that's it. You're not going for a walk of your dog. You're not getting to see your family. You're not doing things, the simple things like walking by the creek or going to, to a coffee shop to grab a coffee. You're in this thing. And uh, it's tough. And so to those people I work with, it's a massive sacrifice. And yes, we're we love our jobs, and yes, we're grateful, but that's a long time. Um, and they're pulling fourteen-hour days. These people, right behind the scenes, and the, to pull this thing off. So, um, not surprised. It's taken like anything in life, a ton of hard work and a ton of planning. And yeah, we're we're not. I'm not being cocky by any stretch of the imagination. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is uh, there's been a lot of sweat and and hard work put into this. And uh, but you know what, like I, I mentioned, you know, the messages we're getting from people and especially our seniors. You know, I have two grandparents who, God love them, are almost 90 and 85 and they watch every draw. And uh, the stories we get about our seniors who have been isolated for so long. One lady tweeted at me like she hasn't seen family Christmas, New Year's birthday. She's been alone. And she says for three times a day, you guys come into our living rooms and you're our friends and, and we get to watch curling. And wow, like to me, that was like message sent i was just you know really touched by that you know there were many people uh, heading into uh, the calgary bubble uh, brian who wondered how long it would take teams to shake off the rust after a year basically a year of inactivity you were on site at the scotties and saw the teams from up close uh, how long did it take the teams at the scotties because they didn't uh, get to practice for as long as the men did heading into the into the into the bubble uh, how long did it take the team at the scotties to really look like they had shaken off the rust yeah, I felt for the players because by now, you know, they would have played and who knows, 10, 15 events and thrown a million rocks. And, you know, you, you usually come in, every team will tell you trying to peak for these events, whether it's the national championship or the Olympic trials or whatever is important to them, right? You want to come in peaking um, and they couldn't do it this year. It, it, what did I say? Or it is what it is, right? So, um, you know, we expected that and, um, you know, there's a... I, you know, they, the top teams usually find their groove, I'd say, you know, faster than the others. And I think they did. I don't know. I think by, you know, the day three or four, uh, I think the ice settles in Greg Owasco, right. He had to do his thing, um, you know, like anybody else. And, and um, you know, I think as we, as the games progressed and we got into that championship weekend, I think the curling, you know, was great. And uh, like I said, we, what better 
way to be entertained to have curling back on TV again. Like I'm an optimistic guy. I just thought it was great to, to be there. The weird thing for me, and, and it was like, you could hear a pin drop in the building. Like Frank, I can't explain to you having done this, you know, live since 2009, like, and the fans and the buzz in the building to like nothing, like hearing your feet walk to go get a coffee or something in between an end, or it was just bizarre. And when Carrie Anderson won it and I'm ice level, I just don't even know how to describe it. It was just so weird. It was so quiet and just felt like, you know, curling on the moon. I don't know, but like, obviously super cool for those young women to, to go back to back and so grateful for them that they're going to get to go to a world's, you know, I made the comment, how about Shannon Burchard wins three Scotty's titles and was in danger of not even going to one world's out of three. Cause you remember the first time she won, Caitlin Laws came back from winning the mixed doubles gold at the Olympics and played those worlds, right? Shannon didn't play in those worlds. She was part of the team, obviously, but you know, alternate, I don't count an alternate. I mean, you know, she didn't really play in it, you know? So awesome. Happy for those young women. Brian, one of the events that you cover for TSN season of champions is traditionally the Canadian juniors. How much fun is it when you're at a Briar or a Scotty's and you see athletes that you first met at the Canadian juniors players, such as Matt Dunstone, Laurie St. George, Mackenzie Zacharias, Shannon Burchard, and so many others and watch them excel no longer in juniors, but on uh, the men's and women's levels at a Briar or at a Scotty's. It's what it's all, all about, right? That's, that's just the evolution of the game. And it's awesome to see. Um, you know, I got to call Mackenzie Zacharias win her Canadian junior and uh, Laurie St. George lose a final and in tears and consoling her younger sister, I think at the time was 15 or 16. And then these young ladies, I mean, Laurie St. George, you mentioned her like so much fun, right? Uh, I think Greg Smith at the Briar, just entertaining young players who just bring some life into, as you say, the library curling. It's so awesome. Um, and it's great to see, you know, you saw it at the Scotties and you're seeing it at the Briar, like Ty- Tyler Tardy's the alternate uh, for BC, well, like a three-time consecutive, never been done, Canadian junior champ. Could have won four in his home province, in his home city in Langley, except he, he deferred because he, he wanted to play in the men's provincials. So he had eligibility one more year to do it. Uh, Jacques Gauthier, I know Kathy Gauthier was just so thrilled. You know, she's a mom first, right? And Gaytan, her daughter, is actually in the bubble. She's doing an awesome job. She does stats for us and research and notes. And because Gaytan was such a successful, is still a, such a, a great young curler, uh, what, what a great thing for us, a resource, because she knows the game. She knows what to ask. She knows exactly what's up, right? So um, it's, it's just been great. It's been great to see that. I know there was a photo of uh, the young front end for Newfoundland Labrador getting a photo with Johnny Moe 10 years ago. I think at a briar somewhere and now they're competitors against each other. It's just cool. Right. I mean, there's nostalgia too. I mean, I, I was in the era watching the, you know, Randy Furby's and the Wayne Madaws and the Glenn Howard's and to see uh, Brent Lang mentioned, and he's like, yeah, it is nostalgic to look across the ice and see my buddies, the old, the old guys. I say that with respect, seeing Madaw and Howard back on the ice together at a briar, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's what it's about. The evolution passing on that to the, to the youngsters of the game, they come up and they, they, they find their way. It's, uh, it's great. And just to follow up on my last question there, Brian, uh, many of the men's teams at the Briar got to throw rocks for a couple of extra weeks uh, more than the women did uh, because the women entered the bubble first. Did you get a sense that the men's teams arrived in the bubble a little sharper, perhaps a little less rusty as a result of that additional practice time? I don't know. I, I think they struggled too. 
I mean, we covered some games early where I think they struggled as well, whether it was, you know, some pads in the ice or curl or getting caught in places. Um, you also have some pretty interesting scenarios that have never happened before in the sense that here's Scott McDonald, who has never played with Jamie Murphy's team. And because of Jamie couldn't commit because of family reasons, uh, and it was just too hard to quarantine and come into the bubble. So here comes the guy from Ontario taking over his team and you basically show up and go, Hey boys, I'm Scott McDonald. I'm your skip. Here we go. Right. Like <laughs> never, right. Never ice the guys. I mean, they know him from obviously clearly from Spiels before and they still, they wanted him to play. Um, same with, you know, a situation like, you know, Matt Wozniak is on the Gunlixing team now, you know, and they couldn't even, they haven't even seen physically Adam Casey since the Briar Kingston. And I guess it was lucky as it is the how the hotel rooms are set up that Wozniak and Casey have a patio, so they're out in the patio getting to know each other better because they're new exactly. teammates. They, you know what? They know each other, but you know now they're teammates, and so so many bizarre stories like that. Like it's just it's just a weird year. And uh, but again, at the end of the day, turn on your TV and, and you got some curling on, and it's it's great. It's it's awesome that we're they're all here doing their thing. And finally, Brian, now you and I have spoken on a couple of occasions, uh, but I've never asked you about your on-air partnership with Kathy Gauthier. The two of you have such an excellent chemistry on air. Is that something that just happened when the two of you first started working together, or has it evolved over time? Oh, it's obviously all me, right, Frank? There you go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, man. Kathy, we both joke. If you asked her, uh, Kathy's the big sister I never had. And she would say, I'm the younger brother she never wanted. Um, and and we, she's a dear friend. I hope people at home get that. We tease each other constantly. We love it. Um, and you're right. It's, you can't teach chemistry. And it's, uh, we just have whatever you want to call it. Like, we enjoy teasing each other. We enjoy talking, curling. Um, she's become a dear friend. Um, she was one of the first people. You know, when, when my brother passed away suddenly of cancer a couple of years ago and we did a tribute bike ride for him, who's one of the first people to fly a couple provinces over and come? Kathy Goche, right? Heart of gold, loves curling, loves her kids, uh, loves her job, works so hard. She's a rock star. She's the hardest working woman um, in, this, in this bubble. Because keep in mind, she does the morning draws and then she's doing updates every draw. Um, so I, I tip my cap to her. And I think, uh, you know, on International Women's Day, I'm so lucky to be surrounded by many outstanding ones that I work with. Kathy's one of them. And, uh, you know what, really lucky to have her on the team and, and as a friend. And that does it for this episode of Waking Up with the Briar. Join us tomorrow for more recaps, interviews, and insights from the 2021 Tim Hortons Briar in Calgary.